Jesus, bless the man of God. Bless this word in Jesus' name. Oh, let's give that hand clap to the Lord right now. Come on, somebody clap your hands, all ye people. Somebody shout unto God with a voice of triumph right now. A voice of praise in this place. Oh, somebody ought to give God some high praise. Has he been good to you? Has he done anything for you? Have you seen him deliver? Have you seen him set free? Somebody give God some high praise in this place right now. It feels good in the house. How many is excited about what God's going to do in this place? I'm going to go ahead and loosen my tie. There's, uh, there's some preach in the house. <laughs> I give honor to my pastor here in his absence. The honor to the angel of this house, Brother Hood, and uh, his wife, uh, Sister Hood. Uh, so thankful for them. When they came through Birmingham, they blessed us. And so y'all are, I know y'all are blessed here in Carson City to have wonderful leadership. I also bring greetings from my beautiful wife who could not be here uh, today. Uh, San Jose is home for her. And um, we uh, were able to give them, the family there, some good news that we're expecting our first child right now. So God is good. So she's home with, with her mom and dad, and, and she wished she could have been here. But her brother came with me, who's not quite as good looking, but he'll do. Uh, Brother Rafa, he's going to be my, my traveling companion today. But I am honored to be here. I really do. I don't take this lightly at all. I want to get right into the Word of God. We're going to be reading today in 1 Samuel chapter 17 verse 34 through 40, and heads up, media team, I'm going to have a second text, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 5. And so we're going to read these uh, back to back here. If you have it, say amen. If you don't, say wait on me. <laughs> We're almost there. First Samuel chapter 17, verse 34 through 40. And the word of God reads, And David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there come a lion and a bear, and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him, and smote him, and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard, and smote him, and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath uh, defiled the, the, um, the armies of the living God. David said, Moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. That's, a, that's good right there. How many know that God will do it again? My God. 
And Saul said unto David, Go, and the Lord be with thee. And Saul armed David with his armor, and he put a helmet of brass upon his head, and also he armed him with a coat of mail. And David girded his sword upon his armor, and he essayed to go, for he had not proved it. And David said unto Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not proved them. And David put them off him, and he took his staff in his hand, and chose him five smooth stones out of the brook, and put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had, even in a script. And his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. We're going to read again in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Uh, verse 3 through 5. The word of the Lord reads, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. We're going to pray right now. Uh, I'm going to be talking today under the title, Proven Weapons. Proven Weapons. Let's pray. Mighty God, we love you. We thank you for your grace, your mercy, your provision. God, I pray, O oh Lord, that you would touch this people, O oh God. Fill this place with your glory, O oh God. Anoint your word today, O oh God. Cause it to change something in us, O oh God. Don't allow us to leave the way that we came, O oh God. But I pray that you would minister to us at our core, God, that we leave looking more like you, O oh God. We thank you for your word that is forever established in the heavens. We thank you for it, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. Everybody said in Jesus' name. So we are, we're, we're talking about David here, and you can be seated. We're talking about David here, and the, the passage that I read in uh, 1 Samuel is a very familiar passage about David and Goliath. But before we even get to that part of David's story, we find him in his daddy's field. If I could give this sermon a, uh, a subtitle, it would be Lessons Learned in My Daddy's Field. So we find David there on the, in the pasture, leading the sheep, protecting them, being a good shepherd. And the field, if you would, represents the mundane. No big lights, no crowds, just David and his task that's ahead of him. And David is here, and he, is, um, he, he has nothing exciting going on. Uh, he's just hanging out there in the place where God has placed him. Um, and so David is learning to navigate uh, the presence of God. We know David as a psalmist. We know David as a worshiper. And these things were developed in his daddy's field, if you would. And he is becoming a man of war in the middle of the mundane. He's learning the ways of God. There was a servant that came to Saul before we ever hear about David. And Goliath, he comes to Saul and he says that David, he's telling him about David as a psalmist. And he's saying he is a man of war. Well, what did that happen? Well, that happened in his daddy's field, if you would. And he doesn't go to the same school that his brothers go to where they are trained in the art of war. Uh, they are trained to be soldiers. They're trained to be like the other men in the society that they live in. 
David fortunately finds himself spending most of his time tending uh, to his father's sheep, not training to be a soldier, not training to be a warrior in Saul's army. He doesn't go to school to be efficient with a sword. He doesn't go to school to, to, to learn about a, a, mail, a, a coat of mail. He doesn't spend his time, his formative years, learning those same types of lessons. But he spends his formative years learning a few lessons in his daddy's field. On the backside of a hill, simply walking in the mundane and repetitious task of obedience. And then in the middle of David, walking in this place where God has placed him, alone comes a bear. And trouble rose up in David's life, in his field, if he would. The thing, the place where he had dominion, the place where he was operating. And this bear comes along and it tries to take away one of the sheep. Well, that's David's responsibility. And so David rises up. And I believe that God covered David because he's walking in this place of obedience. I'm here real quick to tell somebody that you're walking in a place where there's no glitz and glamour. There's no fancy thing going on. There's not a crowd. But I want you to know that as you walk in the obedience of what God has told you and the place that God has put you, God God's going to cover you. God's going to be there by your side. God's going to walk alongside you. Don't be frustrated in the place of repetition. Don't be frustrated in the day of small things. Don't be frustrated. I'm trying to tell you right now that trouble rose up, but God knew what he was doing in the midst of that situation. David may have been a shepherd only with a staff, but he was not defenseless. He had a proven weapon in his hand. David learned how to be a worshiper in the middle of that field. David learned how to pray in the middle of that field and trouble coming up behind him didn't faze him because he had a weapon that God had given him. So God's not worried about the lion that's come to your field. God's not worried about the bear that's come to do you trouble because God knows the end of the matter. God knew that before David could defeat Goliath, he had to defeat the bear. He, before he could win the victories, he had to defeat the lion, the bear, and the lion. Oh, I want somebody to know, don't you be discouraged by the trouble that's in your life right now. God is using you. God is training you up. God is shaping your destiny. Thank God for the bear. Thank God for the lion. So God's not worried about the bear or the lion. He's not worried about the trouble that finds its way in your field. David is here simply tending his daddy's sheep. The Bible tells us that his oldest brothers followed Saul, but David went away from Saul and returned to his father's sheep. I'm here to tell somebody today, don't despise the day of small things, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. I know it seems like everybody is going to school to be great, they're training in a different place than you are. I know it seems like everybody's story is moving in the right direction. 
But I need for you to understand that where God has you is preparing you for the destiny that he has for you. Come on. I need a David right now to stand up and understand that God is equipping you. God is shaping you. God is moving on your behalf. Does anybody believe that? I want you right now to know that you don't have a reason to be discouraged because God is by your side. God is in the midst of the trouble. God is in the midst of your situation. Oh, I need for somebody right now with a little bit of trouble in your life to stand up and give God worship in the midst of that trouble, in the midst of that storm. David in Psalms 27 he talks about being surrounded by his enemies. But he lifted up his eyes. He lifted up his head and God delivered him out of that mess. He delivered him out of his trouble. David understood that our weapons are not carnal, but they're mighty through God. The enemy may have come to you with a sword, but you've got the sword of the spirit. You've got the word of God. You've got a prayer life that will deliver you every time you are a worshiper. And so there is nothing that can destroy you because the weapons God has given you. So David is going up and responding to his dad's request to take his brother's cheese and whatnot, to look upon them, check in on them. David goes to that battle, and his brothers had been there, and they were prepared for that battle in a traditional way. They were trained up to be soldiers and warriors in Saul's army. But David's framing wasn't in Saul's army. David was framed in the presence of God on the backside of the hill, falling in love with the presence. And his priorities were a little bit different because of that. He understood what things were true, what things were right, what things were good, and that there were some things that were worth fighting for. He asked a very pertinent question when he got to the battle, and he heard the chant of Goliath, and he said, is there not a cause? And so you see, when you don't allow the world to frame you, your perspective is different. When you're framed in the presence of God, there are some things that go down, and it'll, you'll ask yourself, is there not a cause? Because the Word of God will teach us what things are worth fighting for. The Word of God will teach us what battle we need to fight. Oh, I need for somebody to know that every battle doesn't belong to you, but God will show you what battles you need to fight because he'll be with you. You need to seek direction from God before you engage on a battle and make sure that is your fight. Every fight doesn't belong to you. That's for free. <laughs> you see, David wasn't framed in Saul's army. He was framed up on the backside of a hill, saturating himself in prayer, the word of God, and worship. Prayer, the word of God, and worship are portals that give us access to the resources of God. Okay? And so when we're dealing with situations, when we're going through things and our resources aren't enough, we need to access God through one of these portals to access his resources. And these are proven weapons 
that God has given us. So when the enemy comes against you, you are not by yourself. You are not without defense. You are not without a weapon because God has given you his word that will be sure. He's given you prayer that will bring you through, and he's given you worship that will cause you to overcome. And so David goes in, and he hears Goliath's chant one time after his brothers had listened to that chant for 40 days, twice a day. And David hears it only one time, and it provokes a response from him. And David's weird. He won't even, he won't even wear the armor of a soldier. But he goes to the battle in the garment of a shepherd with a staff and a sling. There's a lot of preaching right there. <laughs> so when you have picked up the weapon of prayer, don't let the world tell you that you're not equipped for the situation at hand, that you have it all wrong, that God has not given you the, the, the things that you need. I want you to know that when you show up to the battle in the garment of a shepherd, you're fully prepared because you've been framed up by the word of God and by prayer and by worship. I want you to know that conventional wisdom is not always wisdom, but we need to dive into the word of God, become a worshiper if we're not, taking it always to the next level and walking in the fullness of what God has for us. Anybody believe that here? You see, we have to understand that God, that great natures may be nurtured in lowly places while engaged in quiet pursuit, the things of God. To be a shepherd was considered to be a lowly position not a lot of fame associated with being a shepherd. Not a lot of prestige connected to being a shepherd. But I would venture to say that David used this time where his brothers were training with weapons, with swords and spears and, and, and shields. He was spending that time proving the weapons of the spirit, word and worship and prayer. You see, these are the weapons that God has given us. These are the weapons that he has equipped us with. And there are weapons that we can use when the enemy comes against us. When a soldier is issued his weapon when he's in the military, it is his responsibility to become intimate with those weapons. It is his responsibility to know how to take it apart and to clean it and to handle it and to fire it and be effective with that weapon. We read about one of David's mighty men who has, who has a weapon in his hand, and he, he is so connected to his weapon. He uses it so efficiently. The Bible describes it as if it becomes a part of him. This is how we want to handle worship. This is how we want to handle prayer. And this is how we want to handle the word of God. I need to embed the word of God in me so that when something comes against me, the word comes out. I need to be a worshiper. So my first instinct when I'm up against the wall is to worship my way through that situation. I need to get to a place to where I am a prayer warrior. All I know to do is to pray. When I don't have the answers, God will give me the answer. Can anybody testify that this afternoon? So we're not left defenseless. But God has given us proven weapons. 
He has given us his word. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 18. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil days and having done all, stand. Stand therefore, people of God, having your lungs girded, girded with truth and having the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all preservation and supplication for all saints and so we understand that when we are up against a situation that's bigger than we are, that we're not defenseless. But God has equipped us. He has aptly equipped us. And so he's given us his word. When we find Jesus in the desert and he's fasting, I'll tell you something about fasting. When you start fasting, you're really hungry. And then after a few days, <clears throat> that hunger kind of dissipates. And then if you continue to go, it, it returns. And, that's, and that's, that's when you're at a place where you're about, you're about at your wit's end there. And that's where Jesus was when, when Satan came to him. He was physically at his lowest. So he didn't have the resources, if you would, in his natural body because he had stretched that and it was diminished. But his spirit was not diminished. And so when the, when the devil came and the devil is coming, and if you would with me, he comes and he strikes a blow against Jesus. Jesus is able to combat that with the word of God. And we watch this match that goes back and forth between Satan and God. And God overcomes. Of course, he overcomes because he has a proven weapon in his hand. You see, he was teaching us something here. That when you, you need to, the word of God in you because you don't know if you'll have the natural strength when the enemy comes. But the word of God will be sure. It will be a proven weapon. It'll make you go through. It'll bring you to the other side. It'll be the thing that you need that'll help you be victorious over the enemy. I'm so glad that I don't have to rely on my own resources, but the word of God, the sword of the spirit is a proven weapon that God has given us. The word of God is always effective. I'll tell you a place where it is effective. As you combat things in your city, every time you sit down to a home Bible study and you open up the word of God, you are fighting on that person's behalf. Well, 
There are things that will try to come against you in your city. And the word of God being opened up all over this city. You're setting up forts all over Carson City. Every time you sit at a kitchen table and you open up the word of God in that home, God is fighting on your behalf and theirs. Oh, I want you to know that the word of God is not something to leave on the shelf. It should not collect dust, but we need to be active, being the people of God, fighting the battle on behalf of this city. There is no place like this place. This place is a beacon of truth in this city. It is the epitome center of revival in Carson City and we need to act like it. So God has given us his word. For though we walk in the flesh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, 3 through 5, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare they're not carnal. It's not a Facebook post. It's not to gossip. It's not to have a bad attitude. But the weapons of our warfare are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. There are places, there are cities that will have strongholds for generations. And you'll have somebody come along and bump up against it. And bump up against it. But I want you to know that God has equipped this people to pull down the strongholds in Carson City. I don't think you hear what I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you that right now you have what you need to take this city. Right now you have what you need to be victorious in this city. Right now this place is primed for apostolic revival. I want you to know that there is an outpouring of the Holy Ghost that's coming to Carson City and it's going to be on your shoulders. You have what you need to facilitate apostolic revival. Somebody give them some high praise right now. Casting down imaginations and every, every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. I want you to know that the world has a narrative. The world has the, 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 every high thing that exalted itself. What that's talking about is sophisticated information. Hint. It's not really sophisticated. The world will tell you that a boy is not a boy, but a girl. That you were born with the wrong gender. But I need for you to know that God didn't make a mistake with you. The world will tell you that your dysfunction is normal, but God wants to deliver you out of your dysfunction. 
You see, we serve a God that can walk into chaos and create order. Genesis testifies of that. The Bible says that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It was without form, shape, and darkness covered the face of the deep. But God moved in that situation, and his word, it went forth, and order came out of chaos. Your life was that way, and God was introduced in the equation, and nothing will be the same. God doesn't mind working in chaos. God doesn't mind working in the middle of your mess. Because I hear you. I hear you saying, yeah, he did it for him. But my situation is all kinds of messed up. But I want you to know that God walks into chaos. My God. And he's able to minister to your situation and bring you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. I want you to know that God has a plan for you. I want you to know that God is working on your behalf. I want you to know that God has equipped you. Jesus. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. When you look into this passage, it says that the word of God is quick, powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword. This is not this is not a sword in the traditional sense like a, a soldier would have. But this word really translates down to small knife or scalpel. And so I want you to know that in the middle of your chaos, God has some tools as well. And he's coming in. This is why I know he can work in the middle of your chaos and in the middle of your dysfunction. Because he, he is like a surgeon coming in and working on your behalf, dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. Oh, I want you to know that he's getting down on the inside of you to work on the things that make you more like him. I want you to know that your past is not too dark for God to move in your situation. Your dysfunction is not too great for God to create order in your life, your situation. It's not too far gone for God to move in your situation and use you mightily in his kingdom. It's not too late for you. In the middle of your situation, somebody needs to say what God has said. We read about David at Ziklag. And he gets there with his mighty men. And their women, children have been kidnapped. And the Bible tells us that David encouraged himself in the Lord. He didn't encourage himself in himself. 
but he encouraged himself in the Lord. Anybody ever wonder what that looks like? If you read any bit of Psalms, you know that David doesn't mind reminding God of what he said. And so I want to give this tool to you that you need to say what God has said in the middle of your situation. <laughs> this is how you encourage yourself in the Lord. I'm actually almost done. So if I could get the musicians to come and help me. I want to show you how you encourage yourself in the Lord. The Bible says, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. The Bible says he will never leave nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. And we know that all things work for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. Oh, don't fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. The Bible says perfect love casts out all fear. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. We've talked about the word of God want to bring a story to you. Jehoshaphat, we find him in the Old Testament. He's a king, and he's up against an army that he knows his natural resources are not enough. But he prays a beautiful prayer. He goes to God, and he says, For I know not what to do, so my eyes are fixed on you. And the word of God came back to him. Oh, I want you to know, he sent the choir out, and they begin to worship, and they begin to dance. And the Bible says that he set ambushes against the enemy. God delivered him when his resources were not enough. We find Paul and Silas. The Bible says that they were in the inner part of the prison and there was midnight. It was pretty dark where they were standing. But the word of God says, and at midnight, Paul and Silas, they prayed and they sing praises unto God. And the prisoners, they heard them. And suddenly, somebody say suddenly, suddenly, in the midst of their situation, suddenly, there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and all of them came loose. Somebody needs to worship God in the middle of your situation right now. No, 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 no. Right now, in the middle of your trial, you need to worship and prove the weapon that God has given you. We're about to shout in a minute. But first, I want to tell you something. 
I want to read one more passage of scripture before we're done. Two more. My brethren, this is James chapter 1, 2 through 4. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall in diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let, but let patience have her perfect work in you, that ye may be perfect and entire and wanting nothing. Your situation is equipping you. Paul tells Timothy, he says, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Here's what I want you to walk away with right now, is that you're going through what you're going through because you are a proven weapon in the hand of God. You go through this situation because God wants to use you to do his work in the earth. You're going through the trials because God is equipping you to do his work in the that's why it's imperative that we prove the weapons of word of God of worship and of prayer so that we can be a mighty weapon in the hand of a wonderful God so we're going to do a workshop here can we do a workshop Let's do a workshop. Right now, if you've got trouble in your life that's bigger than you are, I want you to come down to the front. You've got a situation that's, that's gonna be beyond your resources and your means. I want you to come quickly down to the front right now. This is not just something to do. But I want you to know, like David, God is aware of your situation and where he's taking you. And so like David, we want to prove the weapons that God has given us. And right now, we're going to pull out worship right now. And so if you're down here right now and you've got a situation beyond your means right now, we're going to begin to worship God. And I'm telling you, chains are going to break. I'm telling you right now, when we begin to worship, God's going to begin to move in the midst of that situation. Does anybody believe that right now? So right now, on the count of three, I want you to lift up your voice and I want you to begin uh, to worship God uh, like you know, uh, just like David said when he faced Goliath, uh, God delivered me from the bear uh, and the lion uh, and he's going to deliver me from you. Uh, I want you to have uh, that type of faith uh, because he's a faithful God. And so on the count of three, I want you to lift up your voice and begin to worship God. Are we ready? One, two, three. Come on, lift up your voice right now. 
all over this place. Give God high praise. Come on, that's it. That's it. They're shifting. There's a shifting. The chains are beginning to break. God's beginning to move in your situation. Come on, that's it. Press in. Press in. Come on. As you're worshiping, declare the word. God, you're a healer. God, you're a way maker. God, you're faithful. Your word is forever established in the heavens. Come on, if you're still in the pews and you feel comfortable, I want you to come and join these right now. Victory is in the house. Deliverance is in the house. Joy is in the house.
You to know that if I'm on 